The following is a production of SAK Digital Ventures. Welcome to Cigars and Sports Chicago, a place where you can sit back, relax, smoke a cigar, and talk about Chicago sports. Now, here's your host, Steve Cass. Welcome to Cigars and Sports Chicago, Episode 9, the greatest game ever played edition. You are at the best place for cigars and Chicago sports. We're probably going to discuss today, particularly a little uh, non-Chicago sports as well. Got to set the scene, as we always do. We're at the place, 5236 Main Street, Downers Grove, Illinois. That's the place, 5236 Downers Grove, Illinois. We ask you to join us anytime. It's open most of the time. There's a retail, there's a cigar lounge, there's memberships available. Great place to hang out, and that's where we are right now, setting the scene. We are sitting in the back. We're smoking a cigar. We've got the TV on. We're talking. I mean, that's kind of what goes on at cigar lounges, and that's what goes on during this show at Cigars and Sports Chicago. Follow us on Twitter at Cigars and Sports. That's Cigars and Sports. So we encourage you to do that. You can also get this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. So let me bring in my co-host, Phil Sullivan. Phil, how you doing? And what are you smoking right now? Doing great, Steve. Good to see you this week after that fantastic weekend of football. Uh, smoking today, I treated myself to a little prize, a little Arturo Fuente between the lines. Great little barber uh-huh. pole smoke. A uh, little pricey at times, but every now and then you got to treat yourself. They think run about, about an average, probably $18, $20 a stick, but well worth it. It's uh, it's not a long smoke, but well worth it if you haven't tried it. Give it a try. Yeah, I love that thing. And actually, uh, you turned me on to it the first time. I am smoking an Oliva Series V Milanio, uh, something that I've been smoking only the last couple of weeks. We had our last guest on from Oliva, Brian McGuire. He turned me on to that thing, and I've smoked about 10 of them since then. Absolutely great cigar, smooth, box-pressed, love the thing. Tonight, we're going to recap this past weekend of football, including the greatest game of all time. And then after that, we are going to get right to cigars. And we have a great special guest tonight. We have Nick Daniel. He is the CEO of Opulence Premium Cigars. And we'll get into it with Nick, find out a little bit what he's doing and what Opulence Premium Cigars is doing. And I think you'll really enjoy that. We will touch on the Bears coach and general manager search, even though, let's face it, we have absolutely no idea what the hell is going on with it. But we're going to make some guesses because I think definitely by the next episode, we will have both a GM and a coach. Uh, we're going to talk a little bulls, and I also have another NBA nugget that I wanted to, to bring up. And then we will, of course, make our picks for the championship games this weekend. But first, baseball update. So here it is. We actually have a baseball update, believe it or not. The Major League Players Union dropped the request to give some players free agency before six years. So there was a minor amount of progress. They met today. They're going to meet again tomorrow. That's your entire baseball update. That's all you got. Let's not worry about that. Phil, you ready to talk about some football? I'm ready to talk about football. What a weekend we had. Three of the four dogs won this weekend. Bengals over Titans. 
Uh, Niners over Packers, Rams over Bucks. That was a bit of a surprising game yesterday with the uh, the Bucks coming back there at the end, um, but still losing. And then, of course, the greatest game ever played where the Chiefs beat the Bills. Um, I got absolutely slaughtered this weekend. In fact, the only bet that I did win was Rams over Bucks. You know, I had the Titans, I had the Pack, I had the Bills. I also had a couple of parlays and I had an over that I lost on, so I got absolutely slaughtered. By the way, bet against the Chiefs at your own peril. You know, the Aaron Rodgers narrative, I think it's kind of crazy. What were your highlights of the weekend? I mean, obviously, we'll get to the greatest game ever played, no question. But as you look at the other three games, Bengals over Titans, Niners over Packers, Rams over Bucks, give me a few thoughts on those games. Well, the Rams over Bucks was a great game. You know, as you know, all these games were decided by walk-off field goals, except for obviously the last one, which... uh We'll get to that in a minute. I've got a little rant to go on on that thing I'm not too happy about. But, yeah, I thought the Rams looked good. I, I predicted the Rams to win. Uh, they did. Um, they seem to be a bit of a team of destiny this year. We'll see how far that destiny takes them. I got a feeling the rematch with Frisco, they played, I believe, about three weeks ago and lost to them. But I think the rematch is going to be a great game. It's in L.A. this time. Once again, with L.A. being a chance two years in a row to have a chance of playing the Super Bowl at home, I think they got an incentive. So they're the team I like. Hey, interesting point about that game is the 49ers have won four in a row, their last four games that they have played the Rams. Rams are favored by three and a half. I think that's a pretty good number. I like them to beat the 49ers. I think you can only go so far with Jimmy Garoppolo, though he did come through the other night. So I got the Rams in that game as well. Um, what would you think about Niners over Packers? Well, you know, as a Bear fan, obviously you love to see uh, the Packers, and especially Aaron Rodgers. I think it's time for him to eat her. You know, he needs to just shut up and just play some football. He does a great job playing football, but uh, I think people were sick of him. I'm kind of glad. I'm glad they lost. I think Aaron Rodgers would have been a huge distraction going into the Super Bowl week with the press, with all his COVID bullshit. I'm glad that that didn't get to that point and uh, outshined what it has been to me. The last three, four weeks of this football season has been fantastic, fantastic football. Do you think Rodgers come back to the Packers next year? You know, I don't think so. I think that guy's going to, I don't think he will. I, to get into his head, it'd be like trying to get into a McCaskey head. So I'm not sure, you know, what this guy's going to do. Well, I think the question is, where would he go? You know? Um, right. He's so he's, he's, he's going to want to go to a winning team, but usually winning teams already got a quarterback. So uh, right. it'd be I mean, kind of interesting. The only places where he's really plug and play are obviously the Colts, who have a huge cap number with Carson Wentz, and then the Titans, you know, pivoting to that game. I don't hate Ryan Tannehill, but I do not think that he is a Super Bowl-winning quarterback, and certainly he had a terrible game um, on Saturday through three picks. They lost. There's no way the Titans should have lost that game, although obviously the Bengals really fun team right now. Um, and, you know, Aaron Rodgers, quite frankly, would be a really good fit over there, but they've got just a cap disaster with Tannehill. So that's not happening. I mean, to me, the best fit for Rodgers, ironically, is probably in San Francisco. But I guess we're just going to have to wait and see. At least he will be forced to make his decision before um, free agency starts in March. So we'll know pretty soon. What would you think about Bengals-Titans? Bengals-Titans was a great game. Uh, The Bengals came to play. It was, uh, you know, once again, all these games were fantastic. But I think the Bengals, yeah, I don't think they're going to give a Chiefs... uh, too hard of a time, certainly, after watching the Chiefs last night. Uh, they certainly are clicking on all cylinders. The Mahomes is just magic to watch. 
Uh, I could watch him play football all day, every day. Uh, just a fun team. So I think the Bengals are going to have their hands full. I agree. And the Chiefs are seven-point favorites in the opening line in that game. As they should and, be. Yeah, no, I agree with that. And even though even though Cincinnati actually beat them three weeks ago, and obviously that was at home, but... You know, it really appears that the Chiefs are dialed in. Now, they certainly gave up some points last night, but my God, I believe that Josh Allen may have played the greatest game that any quarterback has ever played last night. And and as good as Mahomes is, I love Mahomes. You can easily make the case he's the best quarterback in the NFL. Um, he's not the GOAT, but you could certainly argue that if you wanted any quarterback, you know, it would be him. You know, already, guy's already got, guy's 25. He's already got a Super Bowl and an MVP. But good God, what did you think of Josh Allen last night? Josh Allen was just, uh, you know, especially the last quarter, it was just, it was fun to watch. It was the guy's got some serious talent, which, you know, that kind of, Steve, leads into my slight rant I wanted to go on this evening. Yeah, let's go to your old man rant. What did you uh, What you think of the end of the game there? That end of that game, that game not allowing, you know, having a coin toss decide who gets the ball to not allow the other team to even have a shot at offense. You know, rules are great until they're not great. And, you know, when it was decided by a field goal, they realized the teams were winning too many games, so they said, okay, if you get a touchdown, you win. And nobody really squawked that much about it until you saw the greatest game, I think, in the history of NFL last night. And you saw the team, one of the teams, didn't even get a chance to run their offense. And that's that's got to change. That I could have watched those teams go at it all night, and they should have gone at it, and both teams should have had a, a chance you know, with their offense. Uh, it's an offensive league. That's why people turn these TVs on. And uh, I think that rule needs to change. Yeah, I do agree. The NFL overtime rules are terrible. And I think last night certainly highlighted that. I'm not sure that during a regular season game, we really would have cared that much. Certainly having to score a touchdown on the first possession is better than the way it was before, where it was really decided by a coin flip, or all you had to do is score a field goal. But Good God. I mean, you at least have to give an opportunity for both teams to have the ball. And as far as I'm concerned, and I'm sure that that will get addressed based on the the sort of chaos that's going on with this thing today, but... You know, why not just go with the college system? I mean, the college system is really fun. I mean, it's as fun as an NHL shootout, quite frankly. But no, I agree. They've got to, they've got to clean that up because just it seems so disappointing that after all of that back and forth lead changing and all of those just impossible plays and then the end of the game with Tyreek Hill running down the field with the friggin' peace sign. I mean, the whole, the game is just absolutely unbelievable and then it just felt a little bit anticlimactic without the bills having the opportunity um to get the ball again so i um i totally i got two i got two words for the bills they're gonna have to learn these two words squib kick uh totally agree they should have kicked that ball and had a guy field it it would have clicked off four or five seconds mahomes would not have had that last play he wouldn't it, it i probably wouldn't have gotten done they would have squib kicked it, had a guy pick it up, run for it would have ran half those thirteen seconds off. He wouldn't have I, had a chance. So if you on Twitter, Sean McDermott has been getting killed ever since the end of that game and you know, right up until right now. I completely agree. I mean, why would you why? 
in God's name, would you have kicked that ball away? I mean, you know they were going to take it out of the end zone, so you know they're going to have an opportunity. Completely agree. That squib kick actually made potentially made the difference in the game. You know, I thought another interesting thing about the weekend, interesting kind of job interviews yesterday. Byron Lefwich, the uh, offensive coordinator of the Bucks. I think if you take a look at the way the Bucks sort of finished that game, or at least in the second half, he probably had a pretty good week. Todd Bowles, defensive coordinator of the Bucks. Not a good day, particularly at the end of that game um, when they, you know, leaving Cooper Cup wide open in a soft two two deep zone um, and losing the game. And I think the guy who probably was the big winner yesterday was uh, Brian Dayball, the Bills um, offensive coordinator, because good God, I mean, they lit it up yesterday. And I don't think there's any way that you can really complain about that. And by the way, Leslie Frazier, the defensive coordinator of the Bills, you can go ahead and get a stop anytime you want. I mean, had they actually stopped them in overtime, you know, that certainly would have gotten a lot better. Yeah, I agree with you. I still think, you know, the Bears... um I still like that Matt Everfloss, uh I like him. He's had his second interview with the Bears, so we'll see how that leads out. But I agree with you. I think some guys need to stay where they're at. Leftwich, you know, he should just stay with Arians and leave it at that. Same with Bulls. But Bulls, I think, might be going to the Vikings. It's starting to look like, so who knows. Well, I think Leftwich is going to get the Jacksonville job, and that's probably a really good fit for him, being that he was drafted by them. You know, he he was is really well-liked there. And I think... He has done enough to get a head coaching job, and I think that'd be a great place for him. And I'll tell you, if I was able to take any of those jobs, I would take that Jacksonville job probably. So let's uh, let's talk some cigars. And we are now thrilled to invite in Nick Daniel, the CEO of Opulence Premium Cigars. Nick, welcome to Cigars and Sports Chicago. We are thrilled to have you tonight. What's going on? Welcome, Nick. Good evening. Good evening. I'm doing good. So, what'd you think of these uh, NFL games this weekend? Did you watch these games? What you give us your take? Give us your summary. Uh, I'm gonna sum it up by saying I am an AFC North fan, so I'm going to go with the Bengals. Um, do I really think they can pull it off? I'm about sixty percent on it. Um, I think they would be. It would be a nice upset for sure. Um, and I think Frisco might get in there, honestly. And the reason why I'm biased, I don't want the Rams to win because I don't want to hit Odell Beckham. I mean, I'm a Cleveland Brown fan, and I definitely don't want to hear him yep. say, I told you so. That's not what I'm <laughs> trying to hear for the rest of the season, so or next season, I should say. But, um, yeah, I'm putting my money on Cincinnati. Yeah, and I will tell you, uh, Odell did a good job of getting out of Cleveland there. He, he clearly did not want to be there, and and I kind of had it with him. I never really disliked Odell very much, but when he had his, if you remember, when he had his father there, like whining during the season, and you know he ended up, you know, getting himself out of there. But um, it's worked out pretty well for him at the Rams. I mean, they needed an additional receiver, and he's been, you know, particularly in the playoffs, he's been really good. He's a handy guy to have around, and uh, evidently his teammates like him. But Nick Daniel does not like him. So, Nick, as we said, you are the CEO of Opulence Premium Cigars. So, uh, tell us a little bit about Opulence Premium Cigars. What do you guys do? What do you have going on? Give us uh, give us an overview. Um, we are a distribution company of cigars. It started off as just a uh, subscription, a monthly subscription club. From there, it grew. I met a lot of people. A lot of my members were asking, why don't you get like a signature cigar for the club um i 
did my research and I was kind of like, well, it's not as easy as it sounds. So, and it was during pandemic, so it was like trying to get with factories, trying to get with farms, and it was just super complicated. But because I had nothing else to do during the day or night, I actually came in contact with a few people, got what I needed to get. Uh, they sent me samples. It took a little while to get there, but we got everything worked out, and so... From there, it just grew. The company grew. I started meeting people, and the buzz took off. Um, I would, Where are your cigars made? So, most of them come from Nicaragua. Uh, the Ruiz family, which is out of Nicaragua. Um, Marvin Ruiz, he does all of my blends. Um, I've worked with a couple other people on small batches uh, that I do limited editions for. I also deal with Babalu Cigars, which is out here in Austin, uh, Austin, Texas. They do a lot of stuff for me. I've worked with a couple individuals when I did a small release that everybody liked, but I wasn't happy with it. So I'm going a different direction this year uh, for the Mardi Gras release we're having. But um, so go ahead. T- tell us a little bit how. So if you were to get involved with um, Opulence Premium Cigars, how does membership work? Why is that a good thing to do? Take us through your bread and butter, I guess, on the subscription service side. Um, the subscription side is, there's three different tiers, but actually we're in the format of changing that and just doing one, just because it's kind of hard to keep up with everything. But the subscription side is more geared to building a person's individual palate. So the majority of the time, nobody really has the same box. So there's an application process online. When you go in there, there's a few questions that are asked. That kind of gives me a database to, to grow enough information about your, your habit of smoking, your style of smoking, what you like to drink when you smoke, if you drink when you smoke, if you're social, whatever. And from that, I start pairing you with cigars. Because the thing I found out is different regions and different coasts of the country don't have access to what the other coast has access to. They have yep. the major brands, but a lot of the boutiques they do not have. There's boutiques that people haven't even heard of that are out of Tampa. You have some out of Texas. It's just a lot of boutique brands right now that people are missing out on. So we deal with that. And how do you pair cigars, or how do you recommend cigars for people? You mentioned a little bit, a couple of the questions that um, that you asked, but maybe give us an example of some you know, some information that somebody might share with you and then what you might recommend to them based on that. Um, I always tell people to go with their eating habit. Your eating habit and palate is what's going to recognize more flavor profile of a cigar than anything else. Like you'll take it in an aroma and it might it'll 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 trigger your thought, but when you actually eat something and you eat something a lot, it'll give you more I would say a more familiar familiarity with that. So what I do is if a person's just beginning out smoking, I try not to start people on the medium side. I mean the mild side. I try to start them on the medium mild side. That way they already can take in more complexity of a cigar because what happens if you start off with a mild a lot of people's mental gets established to stay in right where it's at and they'll feel comfortable because they'll be like oh well i heard this is kind of harsh blah 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 blah. so if you start them off already breaking that mild barrier they're more liable to graduate more consistently 
And what are some of the brands that are in your uh, monthly subscriptions? I mean, obviously you've got your own stuff, so you know we got that. But do you so you actually include other brands? Take us through that. Like you know, you, so you open the box. You know, it's February. What might somebody find in there? You're definitely going to get a boutique that you've never heard of. Um, you might get an Ezra Zion. You might get Nomad. Uh, you might get a Perdomo. You might get. Uh, Oscar Valadares, that's that's a good one for everybody likes that. Toro Fuentes goes in a couple boxes. Um, Platinum Nova cigars, that's a, she's a boutique cigar, but she's on the border of branching out. Uh, Hiram and Solomon will be in a box. Um, you're also liable to get people who have companies who aren't really boutique, like Dominican Republic. They're 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 factory smokes. So it's what they produce just on a common ground and uh, everyday production of their cigars that they just put out in their region. It just varies. There's a lot. Uh, uh, Osak yep. was in there. So it just varies from different ones. How did? Uh, how long have you been in the cigar business personally, and uh, how did you get involved uh, in the cigar I've business? I've been in business myself for three years now. Um, I first started smoking back in 2009. I went to a cigar lounge. It was in Denver, and it was more of a, it's a lounge, but it also has just, it's a good social atmosphere. Picked up, uh, I think the first cigar I picked up out of there was Black Market. I want to say that was the first one I I had pulled up out of there. And then um, somebody kind of distorted me and took me to a flavored cigar and said, when I try this, this might be a little more milder for you. So, of course, I went with the Cuba Cuba from um, Drew Estate. Uh, kind of took a break after that. I really didn't really get heavy into it, and I got back into it. And then um, a group of us that used to hang out at that lounge, there was a cigar club that was started, a nonprofit cigar club called the Cigar Lords. And they do things in the community, but they all come together for the love of the leaf. All the brothers smoke cigars. They all enjoy fellowship. From there, I became the chairman of the event committee. So I was throwing parties for fundraisers, for our backpack drives, our toy giveaways, and stuff like that. And it just, from there, I just learned the, the industry side of it. Dealing with people, marketing, public relations, and stuff like that. So it just, it just grew from there. How's business? Business has been good. I can't complain. Um, it has slowed down for me because there was a lot of stuff that, like the first year it took off, but once again it was pandemic year. So everybody was able to sit at home and tune in because the marketing. When you're able to use the marketing tool of social media, it's the greatest tool we can have because we can't market like everybody else does. So once the pandemic died down and people had to get back to their normal routine and schedules, it kind of tapered off a little bit because people were able to go get whatever they wanted, blase, blase. And we don't lock you in for a set amount of time. It's month to month. I don't want to lock anybody in because you might be going through something where cigars are not at the top of your list and you look up and it's like, oh, my subscription money came out. I needed that. So I'd rather give people the option to go in month to month, do it how you want to. So I had slowed down and I used that time just to bring in the business side of things more because I was just ripping and running and doing a lot of stuff on my own. So it kept me kind of busy. So you're saying that you found that the more hardcore that the pandemic was going the better it was actually for business is that what yeah you're saying? yeah because people have the time to sit there and devote to social media 
Yeah, it's interesting because we talk to a lot of people in the cigar business on this podcast, and we've heard the exact same thing from everyone, that the more virus there is, uh, the more people are sitting around smoking cigars, they're in the cigar lounges, they're home. I mean, particularly, um, you know, in uh, in this part of the country where when it is warmer out as well, um, you, you know, obviously a lot more cigars consumed because you, uh, you know, you can smoke outside, that sort of thing. But that is interesting. One other thing I wanted to touch on with you, because you... Uh, touched on this earlier was um what do you find in terms of trends of geography you're based in uh, austin texas you you mentioned um and i assume that you have subscribers and customers all over the country but what do you find um geographically you know from a preference standpoint do you see any particular trends do people in the midwest like you know a certain kind of you know certain type of cigar or a certain trend, you know, East Coast, West Coast, what do you find related to that? Um, I would say right now the trend would be boutique cigars. A lot of people are learning that they can explore, you know, and they don't have to stick with the, ma- the major brands right now. There's so many up-and-coming companies that have good product. So everybody right now, the trend is, okay, let me find the, new, the, new, uh, the newest boutique cigar. Because even with Ezra Zion, it had became a point where you knew they were going to release a certain one and not everybody could get it. Because they marketed it to where it was like, okay, there's only so many of these, you got to get it while you can. So it just became a big thing of the chase of boutique cigars. Yeah, that's interesting. One of the questions we always like to ask, we always like to talk about women in cigars. Do you have women subscribers? I mean, we're finding that more and more women are smoking cigars. We get a lot of questions about that. What do you find through your business, um, women in cigars, as far as customers go? Women are the best economic structure behind cigars right now. They are the biggest consumers. They have no problem spending whatever it is that you ask for for that cigar, where men are more like, I might not want to pay that, so I'll go get this instead. Women don't worry about the price. They just want the smoke. And I'm finding out that women like bigger gauges. like, And they also like more full-body cigars. Like, if you offer the average woman who's really into the culture and the, the, the ambience of smoking cigars, they don't want the mild medium. They want the full-body cigar. So that's what I'm seeing with the women. Yeah, it's interesting because we have found as well that yeah people assume that women smoke you know generally speaking milder cigars or flavored or whatever the case may be and for women who are real cigar smokers that they don't and they tend to be more you know sort of person for person connoisseurs than than many of the men so it's always an interesting um interesting question to ask the other thing i've noticed is that if you look on instagram there are a hell of a lot of uh women cigar influencers right now i think that are turning a lot of other people onto it as well so you know certainly from a business marketing standpoint it seems like there's uh there's a lot of opportunity um what are you uh what are you smoking right now and what do you prefer to smoke personally nick daniel of opulent cigars uh, right now i'm smoking the new release from opulent which is the Encore, which is a Cameroon wrapper, Dominican binder, filler, Carrillo 98. Um, this was just released at the beginning of this month, so we'll be featuring it at the TPA Wednesday through Friday of this month in Vegas. So this will be out there. We'll be marketing this. Um, of course, I would say my own line. My favorite cigar would be the Royale Blue, which was named after my dad um, when he passed. That's my favorite go-to cigar. If I had to name another cigar outside of mine, I would say my go-to is a Special Ops from Gurkha, 
which is a Nicaraguan Puro. Uh, I like it in a Churchill. That's that's my predominant cigar. That's great. Well, Nick, we really appreciate you uh, taking a few minutes and uh, and being with us today. And uh, I think uh, most importantly, if uh, our listeners wanted to uh, get some product from Opulence Premium Cigars, maybe you could explain where you can be found, social media, the web. How do we get in touch with you? Um, first of all, the greatest thing you can do is go to the website. The website has all the information. It's www.opulencepremiumcigars.com. Um, it'll give you all the info on the subscription if you want to buy sample packs or boxes or whatever. Also, we are also on um, Twitter at Cigar Opulence. And then on uh, Instagram, it's Opulence Premium Cigar. That actually is another important platform to reach out to us on because I'm constantly on there. So I can you, you can get a faster response that way. Yep. Great. Well... Uh, you got a new customer in me. I'm going to go on there tonight and uh, order something. So, man, take care of me. Give me give me an assortment of your stuff. You know, turn me on to something good. I definitely good. will, and I appreciate you guys having me on here. Absolutely. Thank you very much, Nick Daniel, CEO, Opulent Cigars. Uh, you know, get on there, get in touch with them through uh, Instagram, Twitter, or Opulence Premium Cigar uh, website, and uh, we think you'll like what you find. So thanks a lot for joining you us, guys Nick. have a good evening. Thank you, Nick. Nice meeting you. Nice meeting you, Phil. Okay, so that was Nick Daniel. It was great having him on. You know what? Let's for a minute, let's pivot back to football and just touch on the Bears GM and coaching search. The Bears announced today they are bringing back Jim Caldwell, the former Detroit coach, as well as Dan Quinn, the former Atlanta Falcons coach who made it to the Super Bowl, and then the team collapsed after that. He is currently the defensive coordinator of the Cowboys. I would argue that if you look at their long list of candidates, I probably like those guys the least, unfortunately. Here's my official prediction of who they're going to hire. Ryan Poles, who is the director of player personnel for the Kansas City Chiefs. And I actually think that they're going to get Brian Dayball, and I think they're going to make their hires definitely this week. In fact, I'd be very surprised if they don't make both before the weekend. So we'll find out what happens. But I'm not saying that's who I want, but that's my prediction. I'm sort of hoping that they don't get Caldwell or Quinn. But what's your prediction? Phil. Well, you know, I, I, you stole something right away from me. The GM, I like Ryan Poles. I got in my notes here. It's just fantastics. It's very simple. Mahomes, say no more. Uh, I like what he's done there as the director of player personnel in Kansas City. So I, I, I think he's a he's a nice leading candidate on my end. Yeah, and imagine this. So if you did get your guy, and you already said that your guy for the coach is Matt Aberflus. So imagine if you got that guy, then you would have a GM and coach named Ryan and Matt. And let's be honest, there's no way that can be good. It just can't be good. Do you agree with that? Well, you know, the optics certainly don't, don't look good, but we'll see what happens. Like once and by again, the way, for those ahead. of you who are not aware, because the former GM and coach, you both were... Uh, fired for failing um, at football was Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy. And now it looks like we have a possibility of getting another Ryan and Matt combination. So let's talk about the NBA for a minute. We're going to talk about the Bulls, um, but 
I want to mention another point. So I could not let this go. And one of the things that we do not discuss on Cigars and Sports Chicago is politics. We do not discuss politics. And this is not about politics, but I have to bring this up. John Stockton, Utah Jazz, NBA Hall of Famer, one of the greatest point guards of all time. couple things about him. Last week, his alma mater, Gonzaga, and he is the most, probably the most famous alum of Gonzaga, you know, in their history, pulled his season tickets for his continual failure to apply with the mask mandate. And they got a bunch of complaints from people around him. He wouldn't put on his mask. Finally, he did it, you know, probably 10 different times. So they pulled his his season tickets and asked him not to return to see basketball games of his own alma mater, which I thought was unbelievable. But, you know, which I guess he's not much of a rule follower. But here's the thing I got to say about John Stockton. I got to bring this up because this is just insanity. In a documentary called COVID and the Vaccine, Truth, Lies, and Misconceptions Revealed, that, by the way, includes commentary from doctors known for spreading uh, misinformation. So John Stockton said this, and I don't care what your politics are. I am quoting him. I think it's highly recorded now. There's 150, I believe, I believe it's at least over 100 professional athletes that have died in the prime of their life, dropping dead, that are vaccinated right on the pitch, right on the field, right on the court, Stockton said in an interview in the documentary. So he's now saying that there are between 100 and 150 athletes vaccinated who have died on the field as a result of being vaccinated. And my, I guess my question would be, uh, how about a follow-up question? Could you give me the name of one of these people? It seems that we might hear about that. So what are your thoughts on, uh, you know, and, and no politics, Phil, but what are your thoughts on where John Stockton seems to get his information? Well, that was my question. I'd like to know where he got that information because you're absolutely right. If 150 athletes had dropped dead on their playing fields, it certainly would have been news. I think John Stockton is just, you know, closer to my generation, and he just might be stubborn, and he's not going to listen to any rules. And it's just the way it is. And Gonzaga pulling his season tickets, I guess they can do whatever they want. But they, you know, John Stockton obviously was trying to make a statement, and uh, Gonzaga went ahead and made their own statement. Well, there are two separate issues, too. I mean, the pulling the season tickets, okay, fine. You know, I, I guess if you don't enforce the rules and you don't have rules, so fine. You can agree with mass mandates, not a mass. But this whole thing, please give me one of the 150 names of people that have died on the field as a result of the vaccine because I've never heard of them. So now that I officially have no respect for John Stockton, I just wanted to make sure that I got that out there. So let's talk about the Bulls for a minute because they are playing the Oklahoma City Thunder tonight. And Zach Levine and Javante Green are both back tonight. DeMar DeRozan is actually going to be out tonight. They are giving him a load management night. They're giving him a night off, which based on the number of minutes that he's played over the last week and a half or so, I think is appropriate. You know, you got to get him ready for the stretch run. Obviously, the news this week was Friday night in Milwaukee, and I was at the game. Grayson Allen 
of the Milwaukee Bucks basically assaulted Alex Caruso on the floor, you know, threw him to the ground. You know, the guy fell like I, I don't think I've ever seen anyone fall in the NBA. Um, he's going to miss the Caruso is going to miss the majority of the rest of the regular season. He's going to be out for six to eight weeks, broken wrist. Um, he's having surgery. He's going to have to have some screws and plates and stuff put in there. Just a terrible situation. What did you think of that Grayson Allen thing? Well, you know, the guy came from behind and he made a great play initially with his left hand, but he definitely did a classic grace and dirty play. He had a history of it at Duke. You know, he threw him down. Caruso did put himself in a very compromising position, uh, but still, there's no call for that. It was bullshit. Uh, back to rules. Uh, need to be changed. Uh, Grayson Allen should sit out as long as Caruso has to sit out with his broken wrist due to that dirty play. I thought it was ridiculous. I almost wish it was hockey. I would love to see. I think the Bulls play them three more times. You know, in hockey, they'd settle that on the ice. Uh, I would love to see somebody settle it with him because that was one dirty play. He should sit out for as long as that player is injured, plain and simple. I completely agree. I mean, the guy got suspended for one game, and there is going to be retaliation for that. I will tell you, that is going to be must-watch TV the next time the Bulls play the Bucks. I want to see that and see if Grayson Allen's got the you know, got the guts to play in that game. Um, but yeah, I mean, that was a dirty play. It is interesting. One thing that you mentioned that I know is not a very popular opinion, but I want to highlight it because I feel the same way too. Caruso really did put himself in a bit of a compromising position. I mean, you do have to protect your body a little bit. And he went high in the air knowing that he was going to get fouled. And I'm certainly not blaming him for what Grayson Allen did, but man, it's a long season and you got to, you know, you got to protect your body for the good of the team and he definitely did not do a great job of uh, protecting his body so hopefully he learned something there as well yeah i i hope so you know and back to the bulls you know they uh they've had a tough stretch the last couple weeks uh certainly as we've touched before the player injuries for the bulls have been uh, really really hurting them but you know and they had a very embarrassing loss the other night i mean you know losing to a nine win orlando magic uh it was a pathetic game they had there so Once again, as you mentioned, with Levine and uh, Green coming back tonight, slowly they'll get these pieces together because the Bulls do have a great team. I'd love to see them get full, you know, get all the guys back and uh, see how they do in the second half of this season. Game. They really weren't even in the game the whole night. I mean, it was just absolutely terrible. I agree with you on that. And, you know, you take a look at the Bulls now, they've lost. Um, They lost the last two in a row. They are now in third in the Eastern Conference. They are only one game back. But it is interesting because if you look at how tightly bunched the Eastern Conference is, they're only a game and a half out of sixth right now. So they need to win some games because the last thing they want to do is slip out of the top six where the locked-in playoff positions are. I mean, the last thing I want to do is kind of drop down into play-in tournament. I'm not worried about it. I mean, again, they're only a game out of the top spot in the Eastern Conference, but hopefully we get some guys back. You know, Patrick Williams looks like he's ahead of schedule and will be back at some point in mid to late February. Um, You know, Caruso is going to be, you know, as late as late March. So that's going to just be a very difficult situation because they're a different team with him on the floor. But, uh, you know, that's that's what we got right there. So, Phil, I think that's it for episode nine. Sounds great. It was a great show. Well, uh, thanks a lot again for Nick Daniel of Opulence Print.
Premium Cigars for joining us. We encourage you to look him up. Go take a look at the, the offerings that they have and uh, maybe give a subscription or, or other type of order. Phil, you did a great job as always. We look forward to our old man rant. We're going to have an official formal segment starting next week so everyone can look forward to that. You know, you will surprise us with what your rant is. Great job, our producer Bear, as always. I am Steve Cass. Thank you very much for joining us. And that is uh, in the books, another edition of Cigars and Sport Chicago. Thanks very much. Sweet blossom, come on, under the willow. We can have high times if you look back. We can discover the wonders of nature. Growing in the brushes down by the riverside.